Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Thursday, the 26th of November. God is dead. Shilton's magnanimous. And City are through to the last 16. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Jim Campbell. Yeah, let's just start by talking about Diego Maradona. Such Mm. sad news. Everyone listening to everyone talking about this incredible footballer, but also selfishly, this incredible opportunity to just absolutely binge on some of the greatest clips you'll ever see all across Twitter, all across any TV channel you want to turn on. Um, Not least, of course, the second goal he scored against England in the 1986 World Cup, which I have watched about, feels like about 100 times since the news yesterday. I think there is a sense with that goal that, particularly for younger uh, football fans, that one's so iconic that it might actually disguise how good a lot of his other goals were. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's not like that's the undisputed best goal he ever scored, really. A lot of people say it is, but the, there are so many to choose from. And if you look at the longer highlights package from that World Cup, people mm. say, oh, he won a, he won a World Cup single-handedly. Mm. Um, um, <laughs> but there are a lot of incredible clips of him basically just dribbling around an entire team and then one of his teammates missing. And it shows you how how much he really did just do so much of that on his own in a, in a way that we never saw before. And people use that as the benchmark against, you know, what the greatest player of all time has to achieve. Wow. Like single-handedly winning a World Cup, which is, is an insanely high standard. But Diego Maradona kind of did that. And no one else can say they did it. And it is it's just so sad to think of the world without him because you know not what a character as well as a player what what an absolute whirlwind of personality what a force of nature and the the term we will never see the like again gets thrown around a lot but i don't think I can't think of a person that statement will be truer of because there's always going to be amazing talents there's always going to be amazing characters but the combination that, that Diego Maradona had of those two things is is unrivaled, really. He lived his life more like a rock star. And, you know, the excesses of that are, are too often romanticised in both mm. in music and in sport and mm. whenever a character like that um, is of a high profile. But what what a story it made for and what a, what a character it made for in, in Diego Maradona and what a, what a privilege it's been to be a football fan and have such a such a fantastic just icon within it. Yeah, it's it's interesting actually to hear you you guys' view of him because I feel as I'm a little bit older than you, I would have seen a little bit more than him while it was actually happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think my first World Cup memory is the... 86 quarterfinal Stop between it. England and really? Argentina. Wow. We had it we had it on a screen at school. I've got, I should have gone back and checked actually. I the memory I have is of us watching it together at school. Presumably, I don't know if it was live or not, because I think the time difference might have worked out that it wasn't during the school day. Someone pointed out to me a a while ago, but we definitely watched it on a screen together at school. And memory's a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, totally, totally. It's what you remember it as. Mm. Totally. And I I like the memory as is, so I haven't really wanted to go back and uh, and check. Um, But he was, I guess, the, the, the first footballer that everyone in my class talked about but football was very very different then I don't mean to be all old manager about it but I'm going to have to be to a certain extent because football was not fashionable Mm. like it started to become in the late 90s and he was someone who when you get someone at a world cup who 
transcends football, who transcends sport. You know, that is what the World Cup is about, isn't it? Mm. It's not just about people like us who who love football and live and breathe football. It's about people whose imaginations are normally not captured by football. Yes. And I think of all players, he was someone who did that absolutely brilliantly. Everyone knew who he was. And it's, it's quite interesting when you, you think about the, obviously people talk about the contrast between um, the handball goal. And I have to say that the best thing I've seen on breakfast television for a very long time is where there was that Zoom call this morning on, um, it, was, it was on ITV and uh, you, you had the, the, the presenters and you had Peter Shilton and you had Gaza, and there's a little still of it <laughs> that someone's taken. And it's at the moment where Gaza says, you made your career really, didn't it, Pete? Yeah. Oh, Gaza. <laughs> and his Thank face, you, compared to Shilton's on that still, so is, 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 so is, funny. Is, is quite magnificent. But I, th- I think it, people always talk about the, the, the contrast there. I, I still think that people don't really know. I think a lot of people don't really know what the handball goal is about. I think because, um, you know, players have cheated during football matches before. Yeah. Messi's cheated in football matches before. Yeah, yeah let's not Skulls has cheated in football but, matches before in that very same fashion. Yeah. But also let's not forget that people were constantly cheating on Maradona in the sense oh, that like God, the only yeah. way to stop him was to basically hack Kick him to him. the ground. And if you couldn't, that was because which, you weren't even quick enough to do that. Which but has I mean, a lot more long lasting damage correct, in, in real yeah, life. Know, yeah. Yeah. Those legs as well, like kicking a tree over. <laughs> Like kicking over a tree made of meat that's running around. Behind it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. So yes, of course, he's not the first person to have cheated, but you were saying, Andy. But I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's, it's got political context, po- post-Falklands War. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, there's so much more to it, I think. And to, to reduce his career to that has, has been done on the front of um, a, a lot of the British tabloids today. I, I, I'm, I'm just not having it. That's just no. self-focused though, isn't it? That's mm. just kind of trying to make... In- well, I guess it is something that English fans of a certain generation will remember. Yeah. And as, you, as I could see from, I don't know if you read the Telegraph obituary, clearly whoever's writing that has not forgiven that particular um, yeah. occurrence, which... And, uh, oh, it's just atrocious. I don't yeah. know if it's you saw... just poor, poor writing. Philippe Beclair tweeted out about, you know, that he basically got to the bit where it said, in a career, which is the first paragraph, in a career never lacking in drama, he also proved himself a liar, a cheat and an egomaniac. That's his obituary. Absurd. And look, and I one thing I think that's really fascinating well what the core thing about Maradona is as you've been saying Andy so beautifully is is this uh, contradiction it's the combination of all of these different elements sometimes how he treated people was not as you'd want yeah. to be treated of course and you know let's not forget when he was playing in Napoli he was in the behest of the mafia effectively yeah. he was addicted to drugs you know all of these extraordinary things that you don't expect to firstly know about uh, someone who's such an icon but also the way that these things have, have combined and I think we're in a generation now that is better able to understand people more in the round. You don't have to be either one thing or another. And what I love to see is how some people, there was a really lovely piece in The Ringer about him, how some people have combined these understandings in a really nuanced way Mm. to talk about what he meant, what he was and what he can... And how that kind of doesn't matter and creates something greater than itself. The the mistake of, of, of the Telegraph piece, I think, was that it was just a sort of... It was just very old-fashioned. Let's yeah. put it like that. I mean, when I was when I was at school, um, obviously I was I was a bit too young to remember the nineteen eighty six World Cup. I think the World, the semi final in nineteen ninety is my first football memory. Mm. But 
Maradona was this almost pan- pantomime villain at school. He was like, you knew he was like an evil genius. Almost. <laughs> like you knew he was brilliant, but you, it was like it was this. It's always been this sort of tub thumping little Englander thing to pick it to use Maradona as an example of like the cheating foreigner because you've got an example on video of him doing exactly that, yeah. but it misses the point of of who he was and and, and everything else. And it's it's so frustrating that that's still happening today. But it was it's it so wasn't annoying. It wasn't even cunning. Was no, it? it wasn't. Well, actually, Are you talking? about him as an evil genius but it's, but no one actually remembers the name no. of the referee in that it's which they would today obviously yeah. of course yeah they'd be the, the son would be publishing his address these oh. days but it's um it's interesting to use the word cunning because there's a phrase in Argentina in Argentina isn't there it's a vivezza criolla which means creole's cunning which we should say is clearly racist um but it is a phrase that is is used and in Argentina the the underdog spirit is such that if you can get a win over the authorities, and in that case, the authorities is the referee, then and that also seen England, as a good thing. They? And also England, yeah. particularly with the concepts you were talking about, Andy, yeah. the Falklands War, it is seen as it was seen playing as being the refer- a little bit different. Playing the referee is part of playing the game. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's not seen as the sort of dishonourable, um, outrageous affront to to the rules and and, and to and, and to dignity that it perhaps is here. And it is a cultural difference. And you know that is something that can be d- debated elsewhere at the various merits of of either outlook. But that is why he was, you know. He, he described it as the hand of God. Like, <laughs> it's, again, it's an important cultural difference. And Maradona doesn't care, does he? He didn't care about about you know how 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 we reacted. He he wouldn't care that the Telegraph are calling him a cheat. You know, I think it it just shows what a football fan is in that yeah. he attempts to justify the unjustifiable. <laughs> but what what I love about him so much, and what I always loved about him so much, is is that fact that he's he's so deeply flawed and when you shave it all down he's not only one of the greatest to have ever played the game he's he's actually one of us he's 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 a fan he feels all that to such an unreasonable extent and we've seen him in the crowd at Boca you've talked about World Cup 90 and what he was going through on the yeah. on on the on the pitch there the, the the way he reacted to stuff um the scenes at the end of the 1984 Copa del Rey final that, that he couldn't keep it in at any point Mm. when he was a player and when he got past being a player. The fact that he felt about football, how we feel about football. I think that's massively important. I don't think you always feel that about footballers. And maybe you don't often feel that about about footballers nowadays. And what I think is the amazing thing and the amazing privilege about us being able to sit here now and um, talk about the, the the life of Maradona, even even though his passing is really sad. I think is is the fact that I remember actually when when my when my mum died, it was a bit of a cause of friction. It's slightly off piece possibly, but it was it was a bit of a cause of friction between me and my dad. That when I would start to talk about my mum, he would like shut it down and go, no, no, she was she was a saint. She was a saint. I was like, no, no, she wasn't. Yeah. That was the point. Mm. That's why I loved her because she was flawed and she had her idiosyncrasies. And the thing about Maradona as a footballer, you don't really see that. There's there's um, suggestion, there's innuendo about footballers nowadays. And the way we perceive, say, um, Messi and Ronaldo, who I, I guess are the two greatest players of our generation, very little is actually known, is actually out there about them to the same extent mm. as Maradona lived it all in public. Mm. 
He never hid anything. Maybe he wouldn't have been able to hide anything in the modern era when everything's so closely guarded by the media. But the fact that Diego's just unfettered and wild, I mean, that's why. If I go back to someone who was a listener to the Ramble rather than was on the Ramble at the very start, I feel that that's how you guys connected with him. You know, he was... was, totally aligned with the spirit of the, the, the ramble. Absolutely. We had Diego Corner and in fact we will always have Diego Corner. It's here with us right now. That's never going anywhere because he is just the spirit and the soul of that kind of that absolute pure joy that you get as a, as a football fan, as, a, as an amateur footballer, probably as a professional footballer. He just embodied that so, so much because as you say, he was a real person and he was... A, <laughs> he struggled. He struggled, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, even though about... he, he, even though he had everything that you would ostensibly want. Yeah. He just couldn't deal with it. But you, you talk about, uh, you know, would he be able to hide um, the stuff he he was doing in his private life in, in modern day if he was a footballer? Now he he didn't do that as a man in the stands. We've all seen some of the footage from the last World Cup. We all saw mm. how, how he, he lived his life really, really mm. publicly. He just, he, he was, he had too, almost too much life kind of brimming out of him. And it, obviously we know he had a lot of problems with addic- addiction. It's very sad. It's very complicated as well. Addiction is, is a very, very complicated, difficult thing. Yeah, because that's yeah. not your personality. That's not your personality. As a, it's, as a society. It's uh, a, absolutely. It's a function of what is happening of, to you. how and, your brain and works. Biology and biology and chemicals. And, yeah. and people think, how on earth was he one of the greatest players ever? <laughs> while going through all this but the documentary that came out about him a few years ago is brilliant on that yeah the Asif Kapadia yeah it's amazing how he did that it's 2019 so yeah if you haven't already caught it it's it's, it's so it's so vivid it's it's incredible and uh, like I think when when, when we're talking at the beginning about like how we might perceive him differently because of slightly different differences in age yeah I, I think someone who cuts across generations like that is so rare like my kids are both under 10 and they know who Maradona is <laughs> mm. and they've like limited interest in watching football on telly and even less interest in watching stuff that like that's like pre-HD yeah you know what was it telly without glasses on basically <laughs> and yeah, oh, but but when I was practically sepia to them, isn't it? Like it is. It's that yeah. sort of different. Exactly, exactly. It's like black and white. But when um, when I was watching that, like my both my kids came in and they they were absolutely entranced. They're like, "Who is that guy?" And to to wow. have someone sometimes I think if you're if if you're either really into football or you work in football, to have someone outside the bubble, yeah. a friend or family that's not as interested. Or as who feels about it the same way as you do, to go, who's that person? Mm. You know, it puts stuff in perspective to, to see how magnetic he is. That's exactly and right. how magnetic he is for any generation. You're absolutely right. Yeah. The magnetism is out of the screen to us, and it's also yeah. the way um, he's connected mm. to the ball the whole time, right? The way it mm. kind of sticks to him. Gary Lineker last night on BT was talking about this. That was amazing. That was that amazing. Was amazing. If you haven't seen it, guys, look it up. It'll be on their BT Twitter, I guess. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, talking about his affection for the ball and the, and describing some of the things that Maradona would do um, before games, such as uh, boot it up into the air as high as he could and then be able to gather it 13 mm. times in a row. Michael Owen and yeah. Peter Crouch were in there as well, just their jaws dropped at the idea that you'd be able to do that without 
moving at all, pretty much. So he's just standing in the central circle, like putting it up into the stratosphere and then being able to caress it back down again. And it was just really great to hear Gary Lynn, because of course he scored that kind of consolation goal in the 86 game. Um, Him being able to talk in such a beautiful way about, about being around a player like that, I think uh, was it was really, it was really lovely. Vish tweeted actually, yeah, the, the sort of um, uh, tell us about Maradona, oh, Dad, like <laughs> style of that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's it was just beautiful. And also talking about the pictures, we haven't even talked about that. The fact that like these bloody pictures were made up of just like clods of grass. Yeah. Everyone's trying to kick him, and he's still managing to just connect. You're right, Kate. Pitches and refs, different sport. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't you can't even compare it with <laughs> nowadays. It is a different sport. Part of that as well, though, is that. Maradona gave as good as he got in those in those situations, and he was a tough, tough man. Like from from mm. from a tough background, and that showed again. It was he was a perfect storm of everything you need to be the greatest, most iconic footballer of all time. There's talk as well. Don't you guys have seen that um, Napoli are considering renaming the stadium? To, to put his name in it, they will do that. Yeah, they, 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 well, I mean, they will do that. I've yeah. been to Napoli and. It's like he's, he's still everywhere. playing for them. It is like he's <laughs> playing for them. He's absolutely everywhere. It's not just the flags, though. It is on the skin of the people there. There are so many Maradona tattoos, honestly. And Wherever you sat in a stadium, you'll see one. And have you seen one. the shrines as well? Like, you know, you'd expect to see a Madonna. And it's like a little crumbly picture of, of Maradona. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. I mean, he has his own church, doesn't he? <laughs> what, what, what is your favourite Maradona moment? Oh... That's too difficult. That's a difficult one. Because it, uh, uh, so all right, many. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah. I've got one. Yeah, I'm going to go for the 1994 World Cup goal okay. against Greece. Well, the, the celebration down the camera. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because the, the thing is, I remember watching that, and you, you watch a World Cup. I think in a very different way when England aren't in it anyway. Well, I remember watching that in the pub. I would have been like 17, 18, something like that. Definitely 18 under. I expect. If 17 listening, coppers. 17 and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the Maradona scores the third goal. It's a brilliant goal where he just jinks it around the defender with the left and then smashes it into the top corner, right into the back of the net. And of course, they had those very deep goals mm, in, in World Cup 94. Y- yeah, I, 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 too, too deep. <laughs> too deep. <laughs> right, okay. But um, it, it's, it's a brilliant goal. And it was a wonderful moment anyway, because feeling that and thinking back to previous World Cups, I just, I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe, I wanted him to be yeah. great again, even though you knew like you'd seen the best of him and you'd definitely seen the you best of him at, see it in the celebration, at, at club you, level. Something's not right. Yeah, Maybe, but I think what I saw in the celebration is the same that you saw in those World Cups that he was in the stand afterwards, that I'm back. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. Fuck you was such an important part of Diego Maradona. Yeah, exactly. He even says in his, his autobiography that... For Maradona, it's not enough to win for yourself. He had to win against someone. Exactly. There had, to be, there had to be an enemy, even if he had to manufacture one in his head. It was always about just winning, not just for yourself, but just, just to, to get one over on someone else. Some, some people need that. They need a perceived injustice to like kickstart mm. them, don't they? A real or a perceived injustice. And with that, I, I, you know, going back to what we were saying about him being a real lover of football. Mm. I think it's in that as well because yeah. everyone says, oh, well, you can just see he's out of his mind. I don't think it is that. I, I think it's, it's everything he's been through, everything he's still going through. But I think as as well, it's that 
pettiness and vindictiveness that characterises so much of the way we really? follow the game sometimes. Yes. I'll tell yeah, you yeah, what, yeah. And, and it's probably not my favourite moment, because again, I'd have to think about that, but a, a brilliant, iconic moment, one of the later ones, is from that um, World Cup qualifier for 2010, the belly slide in the rain. <laughs> yeah, that's Peru. pretty good. Because that's pretty good. The, 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 the almost biblical rain you get the sense that, like, all right, the elements have tried to stop El Diego, but no, not even the elements. <laughs> Fuck you, Rain! <laughs> Some of the loveliest stuff I like is these things of these these bits of footage of him warming up. You know, the joy, again, yeah. to come back to your concept of the joy of the fandom of what he's doing. I think it was Michelle Platini talked about him. He said um, what Zidane can do with a football Maradona can do with an orange. Yeah. Like it's this idea that he can just turn up and use whatever's around and he can just connect to it and do beautiful free things. It's just a moment where it's like you, you cut away all the bullshit that's yes. around sport and it's just a man with a ball. And the yeah. irony of that is Or a that boy he, with a ball. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that he is he is so deeply interconnected to all of the like more bullshit than we can ever imagine around yeah. football. He's yeah. he is the essence of that as well as being the essence of this free child. I mean, I think some of it as well is you know let's not forget he was five foot five ish. Mm. So mm. you know that kind of boyish physique and aspect is really part of it as well. I think for I me, I feel there's a sense as well that when you love football when you're a kid the players and the icons, they seem larger than life. They are the closest reality gets to giving you superheroes because mm. they're they're wearing these brightly coloured kits. A lot of the stuff you see happens in slow motion. It's these incredible feats of agility and athleticism and there are there are you know there are wins, you know, if it's for your team or for if, if it's for someone, you know, that you're supporting for whatever reason. It's it's good against bad and sometimes the good guys win. And uh so I guess Maradon's a bit of an anti hero in that as well, isn't he? And he's like someone like that Look, Empire Strikes close- Back is the best Star Wars film. <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone like that is, is, is as close as you're going to get to like a superhuman, really. Yeah. When you look at the things we value in society and in sport in a, in a smaller sense. And yeah, oh, Diego. Oh, it's, we'll never see the like. We, um, we obviously haven't talked about much about Napoli, Andy, because there's an OTC on the continent coming out later this afternoon. Yes. And you're going to be talking more, I guess, about that era of his career. I yeah, think. I reckon we'll probably fit in... Um, Five minutes on Napoli, five minutes on Barcelona, and maybe 20 minutes on me getting my picture taken in front of the Maradona wall at Sevilla. <laughs> One of the highlights of my recent life. Oh. Yeah, I love it. All these people sharing pictures with him, all these footballers. You're delighted to have been near a wall that is based on him. <laughs> That's the magic. Oh, Andy, well, I'm really looking forward to that episode on, on the continent. Guys, don't forget, it's on Football Ramble Presents if you haven't already subscribed. So it's a separate uh, feed to the Football Ramble. But yeah, they're going to be chatting, as Andy says, about even more Diego Maradona. I think probably time to get to a break here. I've got a little one. It was just banter and I said I know that Sean <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's like something out of my nightmare oh dear <laughs> Sean texted me she said anyway <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the football ramble everybody it's all been going off about Maradona on the uh, on the socials and on the email so let's get to some just Right now, so Peter Vishakir do 
pouty Pete impersonation you've got going on there, Jim. I, I didn't even know I was doing that. <laughs> I for one enjoyed it. I don't know what English Geek 82 on Twitter thinks. He said this. I'm a bit too young to really have taken it all in in his prime. So in terms of watching something lovely unfold in front of me, honestly, it might be the unbridled joy of the belly slide against Peru. That was just an insane game of football in just about every way, Jim. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. It was absolutely <laughs> wondrous. What a wonderful moment. Um, so Mr. B. Dunn has also been in touch. He says, Bobby Robson saying that with Maradona, even Arsenal could have won the World Cup. Oh, one for Bobby. you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that is just lovely. Well, we did in 98, actually. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't say Sir Bobby Robson, so maybe Shit. it's just a man called... Bobby, Bobby Robson. Robson. Yeah, my friend Bobby, Robert Robson. Bobby Robson in the Guardian um, match report of that of that 86 game, by the way, he says, he says something that's very partridge. He said something along the lines of, I didn't like it in terms of the second goal, but I had to I had to agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's one here from GMAC, uh, falling in love with football at six years old via El Diego at Italia 90. I was allowed to stay up late to watch the final and cried with Diego when they lost. Oh. I mean, it is pretty amazing that so many people still, post Hand of God, couldn't help but be drawn in by how brilliant he was, yeah. Yeah. given the villainy he'd been painted with. I still think there were 59 million people cheering on Andres yeah. Bremer when he was taking that penalty. But, but there you go. Joy football. Yeah. Uh, Chris Nash says he saw him at Old Trafford in 83 during the warm-up. I remember seeing a ball drop from way up in the sky. Here we go. This is what Gary Lineker was talking about. Diego trapped it stone dead. And to me and my mates, it was just jaw-dropping. We spent most of our break failing to emulate it in school the next day. I mean, not just you from the sounds thing. My, Michael Owen was talking about failing to emulate that. So... I wouldn't worry about it, Chris, to be honest. Um, we've got an email here from Fraser Woods. We could all do with a, a little bit of a lift this week. I'm sure you'll agree to do that. I thought we could perhaps discuss the rumours about David Brenton Rogers from this past weekend. Oh, I see what you've done there. From this past weekend's action. <laughs> Apparently, young Brendan was blasting simply the best on the dressing room boombox before they got roundly battered by Klopp's voice and said, do you believe this? Yes. yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but no one's played simply the best in a football context since the early 90s. Well, I don't know. Brendan strikes me as the type of person that would see that that might be a bit cringy and a bit of a cliche, but then overlook it because he thinks actually it would still have some motivational value. I actually did an exam yesterday and I played base. it before, beforehand. <laughs> really? <laughs> you went to play it afterwards? Yeah. Did you oh. play it on the violin? No. <laughs> just to myself, just the normal way, with a normal speaker, like a normal human. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, right. did, did you do a Tiger Tim like fist clench as well at the same time? I don't tend to do that before. I, I um, yeah, I didn't do it afterwards, it, but right. yeah, 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 have been known, have been known on the squash court mainly. Uh, okay, well, um, Fraser, <laughs> Fraser's still speaking. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, I don't know if you know this, but Simply the Best is an anthem up here north of the border on the other side of Glasgow. That's yes. right, B. Rodge. <laughs> B. Rog, I like it, <laughs> has stuck it to the Celtic fans yet again by using the song that plays out the Rangers team at every home game. They still play at Rangers. Yeah. Oh, I need to watch more Scottish football. Mm. Uh, a large portion of the Celtic fans already hate him for leaving the club in the manner which he did. So I can't imagine he needs more negative attention. While we're here, happy 81st birthday to the Queen of Rock and Roll, Tina Turner, Simply the Brent. Oh. I, I mean, I think that, that's, that's quite a tenuous... A tenuous dig 
to link Brendan with having at Celtic, isn't it? I mean, we don't know for certain that he played this song in the. Is in the is is this like the time where the Queen wore a specific brooch to like diss Donald Trump? Yes. Yeah, although I think that's a bit more... That, that's easily verifiable, isn't it? Because she definitely did wear that brooch. But I don't know, who knows? Oh, we don't definitely know that this song was played, disclaimer. Yeah, it'd have to be a, a dressing room leak, wouldn't it? Oh. Who knows? And also, it's probably more fun. I guess you could make up something a bit more... I can't... My music knowledge isn't good enough to suggest something really uncool. Probably anything I think is cool <laughs> is, yeah. is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you could have been some the steps or um, a bit of, bit of mica. It. Nailed it first or, uh, time. Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> no? All right, fair enough. Well, should we talk about um, uh, Liverpool next? Brendan Rodgers will be delighted or not. 2-0 Atalanta at Anfield, at bloody Anfield. Although, yeah. of course, it's not, as we know, the Anfield that intimidates the shit out of people at the moment. No, but their, their home record in, in the Premier League is still amazing. Mm. Um, I don't think a lot of people would have picked this before. And I think you saw from the result between Borussia Mönchengladbach and Shakhtar, it's easy just to get into the realm of thrashings and just stick with it. So yeah. for, for Atalanta to come back and, and, and do that is pretty special. Um, obviously, people will look at the team changes with Liverpool, but it was still a pretty strong team. Mm-hmm. And you would have expected uh, a little more from them, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. You, you would, but I think we're seeing this again and again. I, th- I guess it happened with City as well when they had their record-breaking season a little while ago. There's a sense that um, these teams when they post these incredible points totals and, and 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 whatnot, they're spoken about as if they're almost like superhuman and, and and like completely infallible. And they're not, you know, they're just they're just teams, aren't they? And I think the hyperbole around them, especially, you know, in, in seasons past those achievements, starts to fall away a little bit. And you remember, oh, they are just they are just a team and they are gonna have off days. You're doing your Scroobius Pip just a band bit, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um and that they are just they are just a team of, 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 of with all, all the injuries. Yeah. And they are gonna be three teenagers starting as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, it is. Uh, it's going to happen at some point in a situation like this, especially with these squeezed seasons. And did I hear in the commentary that this is Klopp's biggest home defeat? Two nil for Liverpool. What a burn! No shots on target though from Liverpool. Yeah, is another that's, slightly that's more extraordinary. anxiety-provoking thing. Really sloppy. Is this a um, Giampiero Gasparini moment though? I mean, what did they five yeah. nil? Was it not? Yeah. It's not wiped out of all five of our nil. memories immediately. Mm. A 5 nil that could have been a lot worse as well. Yeah, Batted. absolutely. I mean, is he just an extraordinary tactical genius to react in that way? Jason Mourinho was saying he was, so you can agree with him or disagree. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> now, Gasparini's an incredible coach and to, to come back from that, I mean, you know, I, I think we're seeing with a lot of teams, any team can have a bad night and... I think the thing is, people think with Atalanta, oh, well, it's, it's just, a, just a gap in class, isn't it? But the reality is, Atalanta were a hair's breadth from the Champions League semi-final last season. They consistently finish in the top four in Italy, uh, year upon year now. So I, I don't really know. That. Of course, they've got less money than the elite clubs, but you can't look at them really as an underdog anymore no. uh, to, to any sort of extent maybe against the uber elite and maybe against Liverpool fair enough I understand that but to talk as if as if they're some sort of you know plucky sort of <laughs> tourists around the Champions League yeah. it's nonsense we need to get used to them being in the Champions League consistently and they're a lovely team to, to watch although Jim you were saying when you were what was it first half you were just like I think I'm watching a game of football but I'm 
Yeah, sure. it was like I was watching the game. There was definitely a game on, but it <laughs> it was somehow not happening in front of me. Do you know what I mean? It was just like nothing really happened. It was really, really off. As you say, Liverpool didn't have a shot on target. It was from Atalanta as well. It was pretty kind of pedestrian. And it was just one of those games where nothing was really coming off. And oh, I, there was that penalty shout, wasn't there? Yeah. About, 30, about half an hour in. It was shh, probably a penalty, do we think? He got brought down. He hammed it up. I've seen them yeah. given his probably yeah, summary. I mean, yeah, but but I mean that was it from the first half, yeah. wasn't okay, it? Okay, really? fair enough. But that, I mean, you have got to be happy for for Jez Bilicic getting that goal though. Yeah. Just generally good things happening to him, you have to be happy for because I mean he was talking about retiring. Yeah, he was having points a, last season. Was he was he having a really tough COVID? time. Yeah, he was having a really tough time with his with his family. He's back home in Slovenia for for, for quite a bit, and um, you know they're they're delighted to have him back. He's a He's a presence in the squad mm. as, as well as being an important player for for, for, for them. Um, but I don't know. I, this always looked a tricky kind of group for, for Liverpool. Not a group that they wouldn't get out of, but you know, a group where they would maybe get a bloodied nose once or twice. Mm. And the surprising thing to me had been that it had been so smooth up until this point. So maybe it's something we, we should have seen coming. And, you know, we've said it again and again and again. I think you have to expect inconsistency, not just with Liverpool's current situation in terms of fitness, but just in terms of the amount of football that everyone's being asked to play. You're going to, you're going to get a few, I suppose, weird results like this. Yeah. I think it's the, the positive from it, from a neutral point of view as well, is that um, there's a lot more on the Ajax game now. Yes. Which uh, should be well, like a the real The negative contest. for Liverpool, obviously, is he's got to put a proper solid full-on team out. Yeah. Well, the, well, the, I guess that's the argument, like because Klopp made the argument afterwards that, well, we've, we've, we've got this game against Brighton at the weekend, players can't ca- play both. Yeah. But I, I, I guess that, that that's the counter-argument to that, is if you play the full team against Atalanta, you don't have you to. win, yeah. you've got it's two right. games off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it was actually a major cock-up in, which, in many which respects. Was, which was Pep Guardiola's argument, wasn't it? Before yeah. the Olympiacos game. Like, like we, we, we put it away and then we just play, put whoever we like out for the, for yeah. the next two games. But as you're saying, he, you know, perhaps it wasn't possible for him to control this. You know, he's up against this Atalanta side who have been wowing people all mm. over Europe for the last several years. Who did draw nil-nil with Spezia at the weekend. All right, good point. But, well, maybe they were preparing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. You can't be great in every game. I think that's, that's pretty clear. Yeah. But I, I don't know, maybe there's just a bit of Jurgen Klopp that thinks, oh, European history. Come on, do we want Liverpool versus Ajax to be a walkthrough? No, no we, we don't. don't yeah. We want it to grab the viewers all around the world. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Of course, a lot of people have made um, something t- today of that uh, Ryan Gravenberch goal for, for Ajax in the other game against Michelin, where it made, it, it, I think someone tweeted, I can't remember who it was, that it made such a satisfying ground. Yes. A noise when it, when, it, when it hit the back of the net. So that it almost made up for there being... No fans there because you wouldn't have heard it. Well, actually, that's factually wrong because if you remember Erling Haaland's goal for uh, Borussia Dortmund against Paris Saint-Germain, you heard the full rattle with 80,000 people in the stadium. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. So, you know, goal, the pleasing aesthetic goal noises it's not and enough. fans not mutually exclusive. No, I think it's, it's an argument that we put a microphone in the ball. Nice. In future, just really make the most of that sound. I think, you know, Haaland hitting that at full whack might deafen like, the population of what, like, <laughs> whoever's listening to it. But it yeah, is that, a that, satisfying that, sound. That goes against. Being struck properly. Yeah, that goes against one of my key rules like, don't eat wasabi peas on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I'd like to see the full list. That is, that is niche. 
Why was so? I mean, well, they're crunchy, aren't they? Anything yeah. else? I mean, crunchy. Get a little bit burned sometimes if if you get a hot one. Might keep you pepped up though if you've been up like late like you have. Yeah, need a bit, need a bit of a livener, little livener. Yeah. <laughs> what other things? I mean, are you, I thought you're not supposed. To, I thought you weren't allowed to eat food on any kind of podcast. <laughs> you rebel. I think you you are meant to eat food on a podcast. Uh, uh, with meant late, to. You're meant to. <laughs> with with late night radio, I mean, certainly you're. You're encouraged to eat sweets and drink fizzy really? drinks and all that actually, sort of stuff. Actually, yeah, keep no, your personality keep your, rolling, yeah, no, I guess. Actually, yeah. I feel like Judy Garland right. basically being fed goofballs. <laughs> Brussels are right, boar, if he hasn't had his 16 Percy pigs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an Edinburgh Festival trick as well. They just have to mow them on you because you basically it's you don't sleep for a month. So yeah. if you need a little pep. Yeah, so it's that, they are, logic to the madness. That, they are amazing and also available in a lot of good pound shops. Mm. True. That Very. keeps you busy as well, ma'am, doesn't it? Because they're quite solid. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that little demonstration of how to chew, mate. <laughs> when one knows on a podcast, I think it's fair to say, speaking about a little pep... He'll be delighted. Nice. <laughs> nice. He will be delighted, won't one he? One nil against Olympiakos. Could have been plenty more, I think. Mm. It's a, one of those scoreline doesn't tell the full Not at all. story. Olympiakos could still be out there now trying to score and they they wouldn't be here. They wouldn't have got past City there. They were, they've, it's funny, isn't it? Because we, we know Pep Guardiola's style, but also his style with Man City so well now that it can almost seem a little bit formulaic. And he was saying after the game that it you know, it didn't tell the full story and, and the scoreline certainly, and it, it could have been a lot more. And he said, I know it looks easy, but I promise you it's not. And it's easy to fall into that trap, isn't it? Go, oh God, City having all the possessions, a little bit boring, blah, blah, blah. But it is like, the fact that we can get go blind to that is testament to quite how impressive the consistency of that style is. It must be relentless if you play for Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I think it is. And that's why him staying at City for this extra little bit longer is almost a little bit of a surprise to me Mm. because I think you do get a point and the Bayern Munich players certainly experience that, that you get to a point where you need a break from the intensity. Now, maybe that's different if you're in the position of Manchester City where you're turning over players because they are entering this period of of transition, which people are saying he, he never did before not really strictly true because he had to like weed out a couple of really big players at the start of his Barcelona spell. So to say that he's not done team turnover before is, is, is just not correct. But um, that was at the start though, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, it's fair to say that he hasn't had really like a second um, period of excellence at the same team. Is it? He's always a mid, of... a midterm turnover. Yeah. A Ferguson. Yeah. Well, quite. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I, I suppose. I mean, I, I think in this game, it was always going to be attack versus defence because Olympiacos are a good team. They like to be front foot. They had no strikers because of COVID. So, mm. I, I mean, that, that, is, that is tough against anyone. It's tough, particularly against Manchester City when they're going to have the ball all the time and you're only going to have a couple of chances or maybe none at all. And of course, their, their player who creates chances, Matthew Valbuena, wasn't there either. So mm. yeah. yeah, 22 attempts from City and then a lovely goal from Foden. So yeah, yeah mm, job very. done. City go through. Little Pepper's delighted. Now, I don't know if this is going to be the kind of Claudio Ranieri pizza moment of the Jose Mourinho Tottenham season. What do we think, guys? The news is out. The Sergio Regalon has been being bribed with delicious ham by his manager. They said, he said, if... 
Tottenham beat Manchester City at the weekend, which I don't know if anyone else noticed, they did actually do that. Did they? Yeah, 2-0. <laughs> um, then Regulon gets to have his own special ham in the Tottenham canteen. I guess we're calling it a canteen, even though it is yeah. super smart. Um, rather than your normal shitty Tottenham ham. <laughs> I'm surprised that Spurs have got bad ham, to be honest. That lovely new stadium, um, which which is where I assume they all hang out, all the players live there. It's yeah. got a canteen, canteen yeah. as you say. Like and that the pitch and putt as well is lovely. Yeah, but oh, actually, I, I think it's just putting. Only Kane and Bale are allowed on that, right? Clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the thing with the ham, I imagine Spurs, like you, I imagine Spurs have very good ham, but I imagine it's in very small quantities. Like, just like, out. like little bits on, on like a cocktail stick. Oh, right. To be looking after their calorie intake, or just because they're—that's that, that's how posh food is presented, I believe. Yeah. Oh, it's I see. Just... I mean, I don't I'm, think... I'm not that familiar with posh food. I so don't think it's I'm, the I'm pineapple and ham stuff that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I never said anything uh, about pineapple. Actually, Andy, on the cocktail stick, I think it's more like a big wadge of ham. Oh, that, that's, 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 that's what I'm saying. Maybe oh, really? he's displeased with the quantity rather than the, rather than the content. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because fair enough. Jose Mourinho said, didn't he, he said, it's cost me £500, <laughs> but um, but I keep my word. I love that. It's like, don't moan about how much it costs you, Jose. Where is he, we know you can afford Where is that. he buying ham? I mean, presumably he's having it flown over from Sedano by private jet at that price. Presumably, yeah. Pigs I... can fly. <laughs> <laughs> they can swim as well. I feel as though... Ham, those kind of chunks, what is it, a leg of ham? Leg, yeah. It's very standard, it's standard kind of Spanish fare, isn't it, as a gift for Christmas? No? Yeah, exactly. You have it in this sort of vice and, and, and you carve it. I mean, I could say what I really feel about the situation of Regulon being given a ham, but I've been told by you that I'm not allowed to. What do you think? Because I'm, I'm repeating myself, aren't I, oh, apparently? Yeah, but that's never stopped you before, mate. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a fair point. Well, I, I, I'm sure I brought this up before but apparently i have brought this up before but i'm really worried about this because the most common famously the most common domestic accident in spain mm. is when people are carving ham i mean they they had a couple of like high-end chefs go around spain a couple of christmases ago um explain to people how to carve ham correctly so they didn't like cut themselves and oh, stuff right mm. well there is video footage of regular carving the ham on i think it was on a tottenham tweet um do you think he had to prove a certain level of aptitude I before Mourinho would get it for yeah. him he was doing it very small but i don't know i suppose i was imagining it more like you know big swathes of it yeah, yeah. but perhaps yeah. that's not the techers and i don't know because we're not in spain right now sadly i, I bet jose's a brilliant carver <laughs> yeah. but yeah it just just strikes me someone who car- carves a good slice of meat do you think so i thought have you seen the way he opened that, that bag of popcorn no, no <laughs> bloody way he'd be at it with a black and decker really I'm surprised by that because I think Jose would want to be the best at everything. No, you've got to you've got to organise your time. He, you? he doesn't care about aesthetics either, does he anymore? Famously, this is true. Yeah, this is very true. Yeah. I mean, it'd be, it'd be like having a ham accident, though. I'm surprised this many Spaniards are having ham accidents. Well, what I imagine is if Mourinho had one in his house, he'd get loads of like plastic sheeting out, like Patrick Bateman, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and, and then just hack into it. You think he's more of a kind of because he's fastidious about cleanliness, or because he just wants to go wild like a murderer on the ham? Whichever, really. <laughs> Jose's home murder ham, <laughs> exclusive. Wow, I um, I think on that, that might, I think we might have done it, done it all for today. Um, yeah, did, um, Lucas Moore also says that Mourinho is the man to lead Spurs to the title. So, I think we've that's not therefore going to happen uh, tomorrow's show it's Marcus Luke and Vish and we wanted to I guess head out 
on a bit of on a not a last, hopefully, but on a bit of Diego Corner, Jim. Yeah. Um, we're going to open up Diego Corner and we're simply going to go over to the uh, Iglesia Maradoniana, which is, of course, the Church of Maradona, which is a very real thing. It has uh, between 120,000 and 200,000 members worldwide, apparently. And it is quite literally the Church of Maradona, which sounds like a joke thing. And it was kind of set up as a sort of kind of kind of parody religion but is something people take seriously uh, such was the magnetism of, of El Diego so I'm simply going to read the Ten Commandments of the Church of Maradona one the ball is never soiled two love football above all else three declare unconditional love for Diego and the beauty of football four defend the Argentina shirt five Spread the news of Diego's miracles throughout the universe. Six, honour the temples where he played and his sacred shirts. Seven, don't proclaim Diego as a member of any single team. Eight, preach and spread the principles of the Church of Maradona. Nine, make Diego your middle name and name your first son Diego. <laughs> Ten, don't live estranged from reality and don't be useless. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Now, you know, people may talk about his brilliance on the field and his turbulent life off it. We here at the Football Ramble thank him for 12 years of Diego Corner. Luke, is that, are you in Diego Corner? I am. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Time again for Diego Corner. Can you hear me, Luke? Yeah, I've got you loud and clear. Can everyone hear me okay? Ladies and Luke Moore is currently standing in Diego Corner. Oh, oh. brought it back from Joe. He's unlocked the door and he's gone in. Where are you, Luke? I'm in Diego Corner. Oh, just... Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, where are you, Luke? Um, I think you know where I am. You're in Diego Corner! Yes, <laughs> is, have my eyes deceived me or are you standing in Diego Corner? Uh, well, while we've been talking there, Luke's gone off to Diego Corner. Diego Maradona will be offered a new deal that will keep him in charge of Argentina till the summer of 2014. You've probably seen that. Yeah, four-year deal yeah. up until the World Cup. Well, Brazil, sure. yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it'll take- uh, Messi was uh, wanting him to take it. Hmm. But he hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't gone over there to, uh, to sign the deal yet. But do you know why? Why is that? He's why? gone over on his way to see Hugo Chavez. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. Luke's gone off somewhere. Where could he have gone, James? It's not the fridge, so there's only one other possibility. <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know where I went on the way, all right? This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.